Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, guys, and welcome to another episode of Creative Source with Andy Osho. That's me, your host, and this is a podcast about creativity for creatives. And in it, we're going to be talking about everything that relates to being an artist. So last week, we talked about rejection. We're also going to be looking at things like success, failure, mindset, mental health, wealth, being a pro, everything. This week, we're going to be talking about creative hustle. But before we do that, let me remind you of our Patreon page. So this is for anyone who might want to support the podcast. Obviously, podcasts are low budget, but there are a few overheads. So if you felt like you wanted to support us in uh, bringing this conversation to you, it would be very much appreciated. Check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com forward slash creative source with Andy Osho. All right, let's get into it. So as I say, this week's topic is creative hustle. And the reason that I chose this is when I say creative hustle, I'm basically talking about work ethic because in our industry as creatives, you can do everything from absolutely nothing to the most when it comes to building your career. And and that's uh, why it differs from some other career paths where it's more set, you know, you, you kind of know the path that you have to go down to succeed. For example, I often use doctor as an example because it's kind of finite. You either go to medical school and become a doctor or you don't go to medical school, guaranteed you will not become a doctor. And it's funny because when I was in LA as well, 
I really experienced that spectrum of um, artists who were willing to, and what they were willing to do. You know, you would get actors who were literally doing everything. They were networking, they were on social media, they were crashing auditions, as in going to them uninvited. They were even trying stand-up, you know, even though they didn't want to be stand-ups as a way in to get casting directors to notice them. And then all the way at the other end of the spectrum, you had actors who did nothing to advance their careers. They, they basically had their bar job or whatever it was and they weren't doing anything they weren't in class they weren't you know they weren't doing anything they weren't studying or anything but but it doesn't it doesn't mean that opportunity won't come to either of those two actors but it's the quality of it and are they ready for the opportunity when it comes that makes a difference and that's why creative hustle is important your creative hustle is basically your work ethic how are you going to work to create the opportunities that you would like because Talent is great, but talent doesn't always create opportunities. For example, if, you know, your buyers, people who would be consuming what you create, don't know about you. So the creative hustle really is how do you build on the talent that you've already got? So this is why we're talking about creative hustle. And the interesting thing is in our field as creatives, there's a lot more scope and um, possibility in terms of how we can approach building our careers. So we've got a lot more options in terms of time. We can, as I, as I described earlier, we can put loads of time into building our career or we can put none. And it doesn't mean that opportunity isn't going to come to either of, you know, either person who's doing the most or none. It's just a case of whether they're ready or not, as I said. We can also think out of the box a little bit more in a way that sometimes people from other disciplines can't, you know, so for example, an architect couldn't say to themselves or an aspiring architect couldn't say, I think I'm going to go and work for Lego designing bricks and then that will lead me into architecture. Like they have to study architecture. There's no two ways about it. But with our industries, we can approach from lots of different angles. You know, someone who wants to work in theater could start life as a dancer and find their way in. So we've got more possibility. And because there's more possibility can almost be overwhelming. There's almost like so much we can do that we can get just overwhelmed with making decisions about what's the best way to appropriate our time. I'm Lucian Samati and you are listening to Creative Source with Andy Osho. So let's hear what you guys have got to say on the topic of creative hustle. So first of all, uh, let's see, Tonya, ah, she goes. Sitting down after 10 hours of a nine to five to write half a page, even if it's not much, it's still worth writing down. Stopping on your bike, even in the pouring rain, to quickly type out that one line on your phone so as not to forget it. Rereading it with a warm feeling, it's worth having it. Standing on a stage in front of ever so few people and loving it. Sitting in front of stage uh, amongst ever so few people, watching what others bring forward, whose hearts are just as fragile as yours and loving them for it. That is her creative hustle. That is what uh, Tonya um, at I draw people naked uh, uh, on Instagram has said about creative hustle. And I think that's right. It's just uh, what I get from what she's saying is just being in the joy of it and chipping away just a little bit at a time. That's all it takes. A little bit at a time is better than nothing if you're trying to get somewhere. 
Um, obviously, that doesn't negate the, the need for rest and breaks and time away and all the rest of it. But sometimes um, uh, looking at a whole project can feel so overwhelming that making those small little incremental um, steps forward is the way to do it so that it's not so intimidating, it's not so overwhelming, and it's not too big to, to take on. So thank you for that. That's a really lovely comment. And then Ian Bollaise, is it Bollaise? Bollasi. Anyway, Ian uh, on Instagram, he says, hi, Andy, my question is on Creative Hustle. What do you do when you finish a project? Any help and ideas on getting your finished product out there, be it a book, a screenplay, or just an idea? Well, um, Ian, I would um, listen in to uh, a later episode about um, criticism because I think um, how finished is your project? Because if it's so finished that it's ready to take to decision makers, i.e. you've been through what you would consider to be a sort of robust um, critical or critiquing process, then it's about getting it to decision makers. Um, now, obviously that is difficult because if you don't, that isn't always easy, should I say, because you don't always have access to the decision makers you would like. But that's why competitions and initiatives and um, things like that are really good. So there's, if you're, say for example, if you're a screenwriter, there's loads of film writing competitions, some with financial prizes, some with prizes that involve having um, one-on-ones with, you know, key filmmaking decision makers. Um, so where there's intent, there's always a way Obviously, it's it's so handy if you're sort of connected, but it isn't the only way. In America, there's, uh, well, actually, I think everybody has access to it. It's called the blacklist. And it's basically a list of, which anybody can submit to now. It's a, a list of films that haven't been picked up by producers who should be, basically. Now, the should comes from people who um, read the scripts and give them, uh, give them a mark. So if your film ends up on the blacklist and it gets marks in the region of sort of nine or 10, producers look at that and they go, like, what are the top films getting the highest grades or the highest um, scores on the blacklist? And they may be interested in... Um, talking to you, having a conversation. So that's just one way, another way in, in terms of, um, you know, for, for writers who don't perhaps have access to the decision makers. Obviously, the best way is to get yourself an agent. That can take time, though. Um, agents are as much gatekeepers as uh, producers and, and the like are because they they are the gateway to all those people or to a lot of people if you find a good agent. So there are ways in, but it's all hard work. It's all constantly being in conversation with people. It's talking to agents, it's talking to producers, it's entering competitions, it's applying for initiatives and um, things like that so that you can uh, get your work in front of the right people. And if your work is good enough and you are tenacious enough, it will get to the right people. That process in itself is quite indicative of who really wants this. Because if that process puts one off, then it might be, and there's nothing wrong with this, but it might be an indication that you don't actually want this as much as you thought you did. Because at the end of the day, getting anywhere in this business, as much as a lot of it is grace and luck, it is also a lot of hard work. And it's a lot of hard work in the face of no for a long time or it can be anyways. Some people are very lucky and you know it all fits into place and it all happens very easily, but a lot of people aren't. And so if you're prepared for that, 
then, you know, you'll, uh, your work will eventually find itself in the right hands or maybe it won't. And that, my friends, is the hardest part about what we do. But you just have to believe that it will. But let's get some advice from one of my friends who is a fantastic actor, uh, Papa Esiadu. Yeah, the thing about creative hustle and work ethic, like obviously work ethic is so important in this game. And like, really, like I remember someone quite earlier on told me like, he, the person who holds their breath long enough is the one who wins, you know? So that's about like keeping at it, you know, persevering, et cetera, et cetera. But I do think it's also important to realise that your life is your life and your whole life is not your job. And sometimes you're working without even working. You know, if you're going for a walk, you're looking at the vista, you're looking at the trees, you're spending time with your family or friends. That's all research for your creative work. That all influences and inspires what you um, produce as a creative. And it's so important that you get the work-life balance um, correct in that sense, because like you can be, it's so easy to find yourself being guilty of putting your everything just into working, 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 work, working yourself into the ground um, and you're not actually able to take on board anything else. So it's about getting that balance right. That was Papa giving us some great advice about creative hustle and it never stops. No matter what level you're at, it never stops. You are listening to Creative Source with Andy Osho. And if you would like to support this podcast, please remember our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Creative Source with Andy Osho, where you can support this podcast and keep the conversation going. In terms of creative hustle, what we need is three things we need direction, where we're going. We need to put in hard work, but we also need balance. So let's talk about those. Let's, let's start with direction. What do I mean by that? Well, I'm talking about basically goals, man. We need goals. Um, now, listen, if you're the kind of person who, in terms of your creativity, maybe it's a hobby thing, or maybe you're kind of happy just trying stuff out and just letting things unfold and seeing where they go. That is an absolutely valid way of approaching your your creative life. But if you have any kind of background frustration or if there's something that you really want to achieve, which I would say that most people who are working at a professional level would want or do want, this is my assumption, then you need specific goals. You need goals that are real and achievable. Now, that isn't the same as be realistic, like some people who don't work in the arts would like to tell you. Like if you're acting and you're doing great work, striving for some, you know, internationally recognized award like a BAFTA or, or, or an Oscar is not a non-realistic goal. It's realistic. It's possible. You would have to work hard and you would have to get onto the right projects, but it's not unrealistic. Um, if, however, you were not doing anything for your career and not doing anything to advance yourself, then yeah, probably an Oscar is an unrealistic goal. Maybe getting work, getting regular work would be a more realistic goal. And remember, you can always review this because, you know, the goal is not necessarily just about what you want to achieve, but it's to give you the momentum to move. 
I really do honestly think that that is why desire is such a constituent part of the human experience. I think it's because the universe just wants us to get up off our ass and move. And so it gives us this thing called desire because desire, it's like, you know, that stick with a carrot on the end for the donkey. It keeps us just, just keeping on going ahead and just, just putting our you know, neck out to just reach a little bit further. And so in terms of your creative hustle, you need to give yourself that carrot, a goal, some way that you want to get to, because that focuses the mind and it focuses your, your energy. And it makes it possible to work smart and it brings an efficiency to what it is that you're doing. Because one of the frustrations that I remember experiencing, um, it was probably around 2017. And I remember I was doing a play, but I just felt overwhelmed and tired and frustrated because I felt like nothing I was doing was really working out. I felt like I was making so much effort, putting in so much energy, but nothing was really working out. And fortuitously, um, somebody who I'd worked with as a career coach had come to see the show and we were talking afterwards and I, it, it came out that, you know, I was feeling this frustration and he said, I tell you what, I'll give you a freebie session. So <laughs> I'm one who always likes a freebie. So we met up and I talked through what I was doing. And long story short, I ended up signing up and having three months worth of coaching with him. And at the end of that, I really could see how much I had dissipated my energy across so many different things. I was so wanting to make it it work that I was just trying everything. And what was happening was my energy was just completely dissipated because I hadn't figured out exactly what I want. Because when you know what you want, you can discard certain things because you know that they're not going to take you to where you want to get to. And it doesn't mean these things can't circle back around and come back into your life. It just means that for this particular stretch of your life, of where, of the direction your life is taking, you have a focus that's really clear. I want to be working regularly as an artist. I want to get my poetry published. I want to see at least three of my paintings hanging in such and such galleries, or I want to sell one painting each month for the next six months, whatever it may be, set a goal because then it becomes really easy to focus where your energies go. Because if you're trying everything, your energies are scattered to the wind, basically, and you will become exhausted and burnt out, which is what I was experiencing before. And you don't have to sell yourself short when it comes to these goals. You don't have to make them easy or achievable because the person you are is not going to be the person who achieves that goal. You have to trust that over time, you'll how, uh, you know, depends what um, time frame you give yourself for this goal, but you'll, you'll start to acquire skills, knowledge, information, contacts that will help you to realize that goal. So make it, make it big, you know, Ava DuVernay says that if your goal doesn't involve other people, it's not big enough. And I would agree with that. Start to cultivate an idea of we instead of me. Like, what goal can I create that could bring joy to more than just me? That might be something to aspire to rather than the place you start. If it's like setting goals is like a completely new thing to you. Or you might just have an inspiration of, yeah, I know exactly what I would like to do that would encapsulate more people than just myself that would be satisfying to not just me, but to people who surround me. And the good thing about goals is 
Goals are great once they've been defined, but they need action. Like I said, they're the desire, the impetus to get us to move. And so actions are required. And what we're basically talking about is hard work. So that's the next component in this sort of creative hustle triangle that I'm talking about, essentially direction, hard work and balance. Hard work is really part and parcel of the creative experience. You can get away with not working hard. You can get away with taking it easy and just letting things come to you. But hard work is actually useful in and of itself in terms of strengthening you as an artist. If it's all been very easy for you and it's all fallen into your lap, when you do eventually encounter hard times, and you will, you won't have the fortitude to deal with them. So hard work is part and parcel of being a creative. And in fact, just like rejection, it's something that should be welcomed. So in terms of um, your hard work, to my mind, there are two areas to direct it to. One is craft and the other is your career. Ideally, what you want is a balance between the two. So let's talk about working on craft. I would say that it is in your interest to never stop working on your craft. I'm not saying like every day has to be about working on your craft, but allow it to be something that's alive. Don't consider yourself done in terms of you know, filling yourself up in terms of knowledge about your craft. You know, even Taylor Swift still takes singing lessons. And that to me speaks volumes about who she is as a person and the humility to say, I'm not a finished article as an artist. I'm willing to continue to grow. Uh, Steven Spielberg said that he still learns from every film that he makes because you know, there's only so much you can learn from one film. And, and even if you've done 30 or 40 films, there's always something new to learn because you're working with different actors and you're, you know, maybe working in different environments or working with different types of technology. So when he made Ready Player One, he was now going into a world of totally different technology that he hadn't done before. So there's always something to learn. And the less you consider yourself a finished article, the more room there is obviously for growth. And you want to immerse yourself as well. I think that's a really powerful tool for um, growing as an artist is immersion. So you think about when the Beatles, uh, early days of their career, went to Hamburg. And, you know, from what I understand, they were just gigging constantly and they were learning different types of music. So that's why all those different influences came into their music. And they were performing all the time so that when they came back from this experience, then they were the Beatles because they had done their 10,000 hours, essentially, that Malcolm Gladwell talks about. Um, this immersion is important for all kinds of um, people who work as creatives. In, in comedy, we talk about road miles, you, you know, because you, when you watch um, comedians, uh, whether it's live or on TV, I mean, mainly when it's live, you're not aware of the journey to get to that gig and the journey back. You know, I've done gigs where the journey there and back is... 10 times the length of the actual gig, more sometimes even. Sometimes it involves overnight stays. So for that 20 minutes of performance or whatever it was, a person might be traveling um, for essentially eight, nine, 10 hours. 
road miles and that teaches you something and what it also does is those who it's not really for they fall by the wayside because it is a tough gig to make it as a successful artist in whatever field you're working in you know as, as, a, as a musician taking lugging kit up and down the country doing wedding gigs trying to get on at festivals touring all of that is the equivalent to the road miles for the comedian it it gives you something a depth and a groundedness um that you can't buy um you can't manufacture that you just have to you know roll up your sleeves and do it with writers the equivalent might be um completed manuscripts that sit at the, on the bottom drawer of our desk or you know completed um screenplays that maybe will never see the light of day but those are those are the road miles of a of a writer and this is why I think also X Factor is such an interesting show because what that does is the contestants are essentially trying to circumnavigate that whole experience of putting in the road miles. And they may be talented. What, what that denies them is the strengthening, the fortifying that can happen with being on the road, having to negotiate car journeys with people that you're only together because you're doing the same gig and the ball ache of having to lug your own kit and, you know, all of it. They don't get to experience uh, a lot of that, especially the really young ones or people that have never sung publicly. They don't learn how to manage their nerves. So the first time they're singing is in front of four really influential people in the music talent search business. I would not say the music business, but the music talent search business. So, um, and they haven't done their 10,000 hours. I'll come back to that again, because, you know, I think it's in Outliers, Malcolm Gladwell's book, Outliers, where he discusses this notion of 10,000 hours. That's what the Beatles were doing in Hamburg. That's what comedians are doing when they do gig after gig after gig all over the country, or what writers are doing when they write screenplay after screenplay on spec, not knowing whether it's going to be bought or not. And to not do those 10,000 hours is to not is to deny yourself a really critical part of the hard work, the nuts and boltsiness of being an artist. There's no such thing as overnight success. And, it, and, and X Factor would give you the, the image uh, that that's possible. But actually what's possible or actually what happens is that after X Factor is when these artists have to do their 10,000 hours and they have to do it publicly instead of privately. So where, you know, a lot of people who, or a lot of artists who would have done their learning and growth in private, under the radar, nobody knows who they are, with X Factor types, they have to do all of that publicly. There's no avoiding it. You know, because you look how hard One Direction uh, had to work, or Leona Lewis, or Alexandra Burke, or or James, uh, I can't remember his last name, but anyway, it's the guy that won it. Uh, you look how hard they have to work after they win, bringing out an album, touring it, you know, do, doing all the public appearances. It looks like fun, but it's actually a lot of hard work. There is no avoiding it. It's part and parcel of being a creative. So listen, guys, thank you so much for listening, by the way. Um, and uh, just a reminder of the Patreon page. Also, if you want to get in touch on social media, do feel free to do that. You can hit me up on Instagram, The Andy O Show with a W, or on Facebook and Twitter. I think I think Facebook has the same handle as Instagram and Twitter's just Andy O Show. Um, I want to hear your comments, questions, thoughts, 
on creativity. This isn't just about what I think. I want to hear what you guys think. I want to answer your questions as well. Yeah, this is a conversation for you guys. And so if there's any way that this conversation can support your journey, then you know, just let me know. On the Patreon page, we've got um, tiers. So, you know, you can choose at what level you want to support the program. But uh, any contribution would be very much appreciated. Um, and yeah, just to keep this conversation going. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Creative Source. If you're looking for more support with your creative journey, I'm offering one-to-one online mentoring. Perhaps you want to launch a project but don't know where to start. Maybe you've got stuck around a certain issue, need some advice, or just want to bounce ideas around. Whatever it is, I'm here. Just hit the Patreon link in the show notes or go to patreon.com forward slash creative source with Andy Osho to find out more. Mm-hmm.